This is Mary Celeste Bell. Welcome to the Blackberry Podcast, where we'll dive into stories and knowledge of the incredible people that are part of the Blackberry story. You'll hear from longtime friends, amazing visiting personalities, and our own inspired team members. Part three of our 2019 Pro-Am conversation features retired professional cyclists Christian Vandeveld and George Hickepi. Join in as these two discuss current professional riders, how to excel more U.S. athletes onto the world stage, and how to get today's youth engaged in cycling. So real quick, these guys did a great job, but they had two very different commentating experiences. We're going to hear from George first. We want to hear about how rough it was in Aspen. <laughs> doing the move with Lance Armstrong. Just take us through a day in the life, how those 21 days went. I know they were very stressful, so tell us about it. Well, no, I'm fortunate enough to spend the whole month in Aspen. Um, family's there. Oh, I got to talk, talk into this. And we, we watch, I wake up at 6 in the morning every day, watch the stage, and it's, it's very easy for Christian, both Christian and I to talk about the Tour de France. We feel like we've been and seen pretty much every scenario, whether it's in the race or behind the car or, um, so we feel like we can comment on pretty much any scenario that happens. This year in particular was the craziest tour we've seen in a long time. Super exciting. So it was fun. I consider myself lucky being able to do that for three weeks. So you woke up at 6 a.m. every morning? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. watch the, the race. And then, then like you did bike riding? What no, then we go to the studio. Well, we go, we go to Lance's house, finish watching the race, and we go to the studio. Then we commentate on the, we do like a post-race analysis, and then we go for a bike ride. Who? Margarita's late night. Yeah, late, yeah, well, of course, every day. Okay, <laughs> that was George's tour experience. <laughs> now we're gonna hear Christians. <laughs> I mean, R- Robbie's the only one in the in the room who knows what it's like there, and it, it, it's a, it's a grind. It's kind of like when we were racing. It's it's sometimes almost I feel like it was almost harder than when we were racing, just because you're not into it. There's nobody clapping for you on the side of the road. Uh, but no, it's just it's a it's a grind. Um, throughout the tour, but like George said, this year's tour was just phenomenal. And I'm sure that most of you guys all saw it and uh, a young 22 year old from Columbia winning first Columbia never win. And so we was tons of content. And the crazy thing about cycling, every day we, we think about, oh my God, it's a, it's a flat stage or this or that. There's always something in the tour to talk about. It's, it's incredible. Just like storylines just completely always or always are coming out of the woodwork nonstop. And especially with a year like today, and you have a lot of the change in the guard with the sprinters, uh, the GC guys, all that, but but yeah, my day in the life is nothing like George's. Ten o'clock on on the set, like three hours before the race, pre-show, the whole show, post-show, and then he's asking me, you know, a lot of times, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm I'm doing now, I'm doing the the prime time show, and then like and then an hour later, what are you doing now? I'm I'm still trying to get off the mountain, you know. And then what are you doing now? I got two hours to the hotel, and then we, you know, if things go well, you get to eat dinner like a proper dinner at the hotel, or a lot of times you're just having a, you're having a Sammy at the gas station. You, you know what it's like, Rob. I mean, a lot of driving. A lot you're of driving. driving four or five hours a day sometimes. Yeah. It's not easy driving, small roads. Yeah, we got a driver. I got an, I, I didn't do, I did a bad thing, and I, I had a quote in um, the Wall Street Journal about the, what, what's your best part about working with Phil and Paul? This is two years ago. And I said, best part of every day is chasing those, those guys would leave about 35 to 45 minutes ahead of us because we had to do the primetime show. 
and we would chase them down like psychopaths, like Bob, with Bob roll driving. And, and we would be going at speeds that I shouldn't have said in an interview. The opposite side of the road. Yeah, Not just, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, so, you know, it's, it's backed up usually for miles, and Bob will just go left and just... <laughs> The, the, the whole way down, and you're just like just hoping that. It, uh, anyway, we just go 100 McCain, and then then back on the highway, and just. But I said the favorite part about it is chasing them down half an hour and, and flicking Phil and Paul off through the. <laughs> so, so a lot of people are calling this one of the most exciting tours in, in recent history. What are your thoughts on that? Why do you think it was so exciting? Well, we, it was very hard to predict what was going to happen. You know, nobody nobody predicted Alaphilippe being in there for the in the fight till the very end. Um, Pino p potentially could have won the tour had he not gotten injured. Uh, Garrett Thomas probably got screwed over the most by that stage getting canceled. In my opinion, he probably could have won the tour. So it's just like every day there was, there was drama, there was suspense, and you didn't really, it wasn't like the other years where it was like, okay, barring a major crash, Sky's gonna win, or Froome's gonna win. So this year was, I thought, very exciting and very hard to predict. Yeah, and Alaphilippe, I think, was really what made it so good. I mean, he was the X factor that every day, oh, okay, for sure he could do this, but tomorrow he's done. And then he would just prove us wrong and prove us wrong and prove us wrong. And then Egan Bernal came back in the picture, who was, who was my pick, who, well, a lot of people's picks before, and which why would you ever pick a 22-year-old coming into the tour? But he just has that much class and, and really an old soul. You, you listen to his interviews and the things he says and how humble he is. Um, but then... Things were kind of going sideways, and I'm kind of hedging my bets. Like I don't think Egan be able to pull us off, and then, you know, of course, he sh showed his way through. But I think really the best part about it was Alaphilippe just having so much panache and really put it out there every day. And, and then, th then the French public got involved, and um, unfortunately, Thibaut, the other French guy, who knows what happened to him. But and we're going to open this up in a second. I got a couple more questions, and we'll just open up to everybody. Can Alaphilippe do it? I mean, does he have does he have the chutzpah to to be a contender again, or do you think this was a one and done? I think next year is the whole. I think next year is potentially going to be even more exciting with uh, perhaps Chris Froome back. back um, the Dutch guy. Why am I can't think of his name? Demelon. Demelon back. Thank you. Roblich. Roblich. I mean, the, the, it's, it's just going to be all these guys are coming back, and uh, I think next year is going to be super exciting. I don't. I can, I don't see Alaphilippe fighting with those guys in the GC, but again, he surprised us this year so much. So who knows? I, I don't think so. I, I think that. He's kind of like uh, Peter Sagan, where everybody asks, why, why doesn't Peter just go for one thing? Just because he can do so many different things, and that's what makes him so dynamic. And the same thing goes with Julian Alaphilippe. If you're really good at one thing, why try to you know, reshape yourself this far into your career? You're, you're the best there is at this. And we, he might be world champion next weekend, mm -hmm. or this weekend. Is it? No, next weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he should. I mean, there's a possibility he could try to do those kind of GC, but that would have to Think about his whole training, and he might not be as good. He might be just mediocre at everything if he did that. So yeah. I think he should just stay true to what he does and keep on awing us. Let, let's go back to Froome for a second. I mean, obviously, Egan Bernal's position at the Tour de France would have changed significantly had Froome been healthy for this thing. I mean, his chance of winning the Tour de France as a helper, I mean, he would have been in the low mountains doing all the crazy pulling. Yeah. And, and that's a big story, right? I mean, mm. Bernal went from a worker bee to the team leader when Froome broke his leg. But next year when Froome comes back, are they going to have to get rid of Garen Thomas? Is he on the trading block? I mean, how are they going to deal with these three guys, and is Froome going to win the tournament? No, George brought up a great point, and I 100% and I agree with him that 
I don't know what the outcome would have been. I'm pretty, I'm pretty still pretty sure that Egan Bernal would have still won the, the tour if everything would have been gone gone well. But the, but the interview that he had directly after the tour ended, he's like, I still want to win one. I think it kind of lit his fire more than ever. So he knows that even without great preparation this year, you know, he's overweight over the winter time. He did not say no to one party over the winter time. And, and, you know, and, 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 no, sorry, this is Karen Thomas. Okay. You know, and, and, and God bless him. You know, he's a young guy winning the Tour de France, something I never thought was ever going to happen for him. Um, had, he, had two bad crashes leading up to exactly. the race during the race. Yeah. So. so, but next year with, you know, three chefs in the kitchen, I don't know how it's going to work. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest dynamics that we all talk about going into it. Um, and then you have Carapaz coming over, who just mm -hmm. won the Giro, coming to the other team. So yeah. they could field three amazing teams. Could he easily. Be moved, though? Don't, wouldn't it make sense for, for Garon Thomas to go to a different team at this point so he can at least have. Because, I mean, it's almost like it's four million bucks Sky has to deal with. Another team could use him and, and he could be a potential tour winner. Sky's got enough horsepower with these two guys. Wouldn't that be the logical solution? Get rid of him? For both parties? He signed a contract. I think he, in his mind, he, he, he believes he can be one of the leaders or the leader because he already won. And he did not have great preparation this year and he got second place. So I think in his mind, he still, you know, he still wants to be the, the top dog. And he's got everything perfectly dialed at Sky or Ineos now. Um, his preparation, his training, his uh, race uh, planning beforehand. So it's, it's hard to leave that setup when you know it so well. Yeah. Uh, you don't. If you go to another team, you, you don't know how you're going to respond. You don't know what it's going to be like. You don't know what your teammates are going to be like. And that's a, it would be a big. It would be as risky for him to go to another team than to stay there and hope that he can be the leader of his own team. You're not leaving. You're not leaving the Patriots right now. You know, you're just not going to do that. And I, I, I don't think he should. But he's Garoppolo, though, right? You're Garoppolo. You don't want to sit there behind behind Tom Brady. I wouldn't. Yeah. 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 I think it's all great, but. Let's back up a little bit. If Chris Froome even makes the tour team for Ineos, I think that is going to be incredible in itself, let alone be, be a leader. I mean, what he did to himself was not good. I mean, I mean really, hearing the, they did a really good job of really covering most things up and hearing the stories from within the team, it was, it was bad. So just the fact that he's even starting to train and think about being back and the mentality that guy has is second to none. So I, I don't never second guess him. But he's got a lot of metal in his body coming back, and it's going to be a, a tough road for him. Okay, let, let, let's get back to the, the commentary. What was it like working for Lance, working with Lance? Um, <laughs> talk to us about that. I mean, seriously, like, if you've seen his personality change, get a little deeper here, not just like it's great. Like, tell us some stories behind the scenes, that kind of stuff. Honestly, I mean, I've worked for Lance my pretty much my whole career, so it was uh, something that I'm very familiar with. But the, and the change has been that he actually listens to the things I say now, and he, like... <laughs> You know, like, I feel like I have a lot more, I can say what I want, and I don't have to be worried about, you know, pissing them off. So I think that comes out in the in the, in our show, like, the, the dynamic between us is uh, very real and raw, and I think people like it. Does he ever get pissed at you off camera? Like, George, come on. <laughs> uh, no, we actually... It stays in here, guys. Yeah, no, we, we got along, we got along pretty well the whole, the whole month, so, I know. <laughs> But his wife is funny. His wife's like, why don't you ever stay with us? I'm like, because I've known Lance for 30 years. After two days, he'd be like, how long are you staying with us again? <laughs> so we don't stay with them. We do our own thing, but it's, it's fine. We have a good time. You guys talk about the content beforehand. Does he tee you up well? Does he leave you hanging out there? I mean, like, is it, is it easy to work with him? Is it difficult? Yeah, no, it's super easy. We take notes together. We talk about, we do a pre-show pre, pre -show, like meeting about what we're going to discuss. And then a lot of the stuff is just kind of just 
comes up ad lib during the show and it has worked out well. No BS. Do you guys really kind of beat on each other when you train or is it just like you're up here, he's here right now? <laughs> well, he's he's a freak of an athlete. Um, so he was in that great of shape when we started, but at the end he got much better and then started getting a bit more competitive. <laughs> George is nice. <laughs> tell, tell us about Horner. Tell us about your team. How was it? How was it? Big change this year without Phil? Yeah, it was, it was a massive change this year. You know, the, it was... Uh, you know, we had a lot of anxiety, I think, going into it. We talked, I was talking to somebody on the ride, actually, about this today. And um, going into the tour, going into the year in general, we were, we were scared. You know, it was, it was a big hole in the production. I mean, big hole for everyone watching, from, every, every, from my grandma all the way down to kids, you know. So those guys have been together for 33 years. And not just the show that he did. Paul was a special guy in the fact that above and beyond everything else, he was a guy who... The guy who drove the truck, he knew his name, the kids' names, and stuff like that, and he knew how to speak to him in his in his his own dialect. I mean, th those kind of things really kept the whole crew together. Because on our set, we have 75 people from truck drivers all the way to to talent. So there's a ton of people all there, and it's it's grueling. And some of these kids are, are first or second year out of college, and they're broken halfway through the tour, and they're crying in the corner. I mean, it, it's it's rough, especially in that truck, as you well know. I mean, you've got plenty of f bombs from Mr. Michaels. <laughs> you know, you know what it's like. Um, so he, that was one of the biggest fears coming in. But um, I think that Bob Roll did a fantastic job filling in, and, and Chris did a great job coming in. It's not easy to, to shift that around. The biggest thing is uh, having Paul Burmeister, who hosts our desk. Um, he's from the NFL, and, and the magic that he has in just owning the set and bringing a calm to all of us. We had three days without him. And that just showed how much we re rely on a pro like him. But um, it, yeah, it was, it was a big year. I think most of the anxiety was put to rest after the first week that we're going to be okay. Actually, the first day, everything is going to be okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that we weren't really, really scared coming in in May. What was what was it like working with Horner? I mean, in the beginning, I felt like it was the chemistry seemed to get better and better and better. Did he just get more comfortable? Did you guys get more comfortable together? Was he start? I mean. What was, what was going through his mind? I'm sure you're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, there's just little things. At first, you know, I, I think he viewed it almost as a competition. You know, it's like just we're all, no one's attacking into each other, man. We're just we're on the same team here. And and I think that's that's what the producers wanted, though. I think the producers wanted more conflict. They didn't they don't want us agreeing with each other and it just makes good TV. So the, the more we could argue, and, and that's case in point with these. That's why everyone loves their show so much, you know. Lance does something out of left park, and George is like, whoa, 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 wait a second. This is a, <laughs> brings brings it back in. So um, there are just subtle things, and there's no schooling to do this. And no one knows what it's actually going to be like until you're you're there and the red light goes on. Sagan, let's talk a little bit about him. Um, what do you think of his tour in general? Um, do you feel like he's still at that level, that, that, that superstar level? Are people catching up? Is he slowing down, or... No, I think he's as good as ever. I think that just the the other talent is just always can, continues to raise the bar. Um, it, it could be just like one of the guys used to run the roost here at Blackberry. Now the, the level of everyone coming up here is so much higher that you, you kind of gets lost in the weeds at times. But um, and, and the sprinters, what we were talking about with Ty, the level of those guys, um, and the, the courses themselves, they're just getting harder and harder and harder. Um, I think that he's still just as good as he ever ever been. But I think the, the level itself is highest it's ever been in cycling. You think he's lost a little bit, George? I would agree with Christian. I mean, the competition is just getting better and better. You, get, you see more younger riders 
coming up out of nowhere, Tunisian winning the first stage. I mean, mm. guys that we hadn't even, I hadn't paid much attention to are now winning stages of the Tour de France. And, you know, I'm, I'm still very close to Mark Cavendish, and he's, he was telling me the other day that you have to hold 450 watts just to stay in the Gruppetto now. Like, that's just to stay in the Gruppetto. So it's kind of, he says it's just crazy fast and really competitive now, and um, just the competition's getting stronger, and I don't think his level's gone down. I think the other levels have come up. Will we ever see Cavendish win another stage? <laughs> You're on the record. <laughs> I'd love to see him win another stage just because he's win. an incredible guy, uh, one of the best personalities in cycling. I'd love to see him come back, but right now he's struggling. So I mean, he's, I think with a new team and new environment, he's, he's, I don't know if it's been announced, but um, we'll probably <laughs> see something in the next few weeks that he's going. That he's going somewhere else. I, hopefully, a new chain, like a new team, will get him in a different place. <laughs> so, do you think he'll win? <laughs> if anybody can do it, he can. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Um, any disappointments at this year's tour? Did you expect more from anybody else? Did anybody like you were like, "This is my guy. He can do anything." Ben Abramont and some like. I was very disappointed to see TJ crash. You know, uh, he, he even admits it was totally his fault. He was, on, he was riding really well. He got second place in the Dauphiné, rode a great California, and I feel like he's in a great place with his team right now. And just like all of us pros have experienced, you just get in some of those years or periods where you just crash a lot. And it's just it's hard to explain why it happens, but sometimes it does. And it's, it's a funk that takes some time to get out of. And he unfortunately had that this year in the biggest, you know, biggest race of the year. So that was unfortunate. I was disappointed to see that. And I, I just hope to see him get back to the level that we all know that he can do. He's been top five of the Tour de France two times. And I, I know that he can get back there. You think he'll get back there? I think he can, yeah. Um, Bardet was one of the guys that I was almost hoping that he went home at one point in time. Um, Romain Bardet is a great climber. We've seen him on the podium before. Um, one of the French hopes, big French hopes. and. But then he proved me wrong, and he ended up getting the polka dot jersey. So, I mean, chapeau to him. But he, he had nothing in his tank at all. But I would say the biggest disappointment was really in Mother Nature, you know, snuffing those last two stages, which, which were just ungodly hard. I mean, we were touting this since they announced a tour route last year, and it, it was true to the billing. We rode a bunch of those routes, and it was just horrible. So um, I think Philippe might not have even been in the top 10 if they would have done both those two. I mean, everything would have been different. Um, so that was unfortunate, but maybe it was almost too hard. Who knows? But George, you mentioned, and I'm, I'm surprised at this, if those stages wouldn't have got canceled or shortened, you think Garon Thomas would have won the tour? I'm thinking just in that one Bernal day. Was going away. That one day in particular, Bernal was away about 30 seconds up the road. There was a huge valley downhill. There was Simon Yates was sitting on his wheel, which if I'm Simon Yates, I'm not going to really help him because I want to win the stage. And then behind you have. Um, Who's the guy on Yumbo? Yeah, the top five guys behind him. Chasing, we're gonna have to chase full gas to try to catch Bernal. And Garen Thomas get a free ride down the whole valley, not even have to pull through one time. So arriving at the final climb as fresher than anybody, then there's a whole different race. I mean, he could have totally rode away, maybe caught up to Bernal. Bernal would have had to ridden that whole valley on his own. Yates would have helped him, he wanted to win the stage. He, he was gonna win probably most likely anyway. Yates was on fire. So he didn't have he didn't have any real reason to start at the bottom of the climb at 30 seconds or two minutes. Like for him, it'd been even if he helped him, he would have been soft pedaling. It doesn't matter, Abby. Okay. 
Oh, I love it. It's one of the, my favorite things to do. He's got a mountain bike race in Georgia on Saturday, uh, which I'm looking forward to going to. But it's it's fun. It's a it's a family sport for us. My daughter's doing the Grand Fondo with us next month. The only one that doesn't ride is my wife. Maybe we'll get him riding. But it's just fun. I love the bike has given me so many things, and I just love to be able to share that with my children. We were talking about Nike. How many kids were at the Nike race last weekend? Like 700. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Georgia. It's crazy in Georgia. And there is, South Carolina doesn't even have a league. They, my, my kid has to go race in Georgia. But next year, South Carolina will have a league. So We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Is your daughter's racing? Uh, no, my daughter's not racing. I feel like the more, more we push, the, the more they're like, no. So we have to just give them our own time. But I'm, Uma's going to ride in the Grand Final, which is a big step. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, guys, questions, tour, anything, personal. You guys been talking so much trash. How many <laughs> questions you got? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it obviously Wild had a, a horrible crash, but didn't want to stay. Yeah. It just it seems like a very interesting dynamic this year that we have you know, with World Championships coming up and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's really unfortunate with Wout um, with that crash, and it shouldn't have happened. But um, I'm a massive fan of that guy. I mean, through and through, I think everyone is just to see his just the joy and the true joy of he having not not the relief of winning. Like we were talking with Ty yesterday, is is just. Never thought he would be in that position. Um, so hopefully he does make a, a good comeback, but he's still beat up from that crash. Yeah. And then and then Vanpool, I mean, who knows? Honestly, I think it's just time is going to tell what, where he goes and how he shapes his, his career. I mean, he could do anything he wants right now. He, his, um, the only fear of him is, is just doing too much too soon because um, he does have the opportunity to do whatever ever he wants. Um, he's ultra motivated. He knows that this course is tailor made for him. So he's not going to let that opportunity go. But I love what he says in the press. I love that he does take it on. He's like, doesn't say an oh, trying to put the pressure on it. Somebody's like, Yeah, no, I am the favorite for this race. And I should be the favorite for this race. And it's great to see that little bit of a change. And it is good to see young guys come up and, and throw it, throw some shade and just see exactly what's going on, you know, and um, I think the sport needs that. And there's been a huge change. And um, everything like I was saying earlier from sprinting to the GC guys and he's just another character that's just great for the sport to, to come in but you know what what he's going to do though in the future I don't think he knows I mean I don't think he no one knows his potential but what he does to people right now it doesn't look like they're in the same race they look like they're juniors you know so I mean but yes Peter was like that in 2010 when he first came to Pyrenees the things that he did to us was embarrassing you know, so, so I mean, it is very similar to that. And but like Robbie was asking, you know, is Peter slowing down? I'm like, no, he's not slowing down. But these kids are young. Just think about how well you recovered when you're 22 years old and 23. I mean, this kid's still growing and getting better. So if you have that kind of talent and the team around you to make sure that you're doing the right things at the right times, how, how are you going to beat that? He's, Some, he's definitely the most sought after rider right now in the whole peloton. I've had several conversations with team directors, and they're just open checkbook for him. And it, it's not even clear whether he will leave his team because he wants to do mountain bike and he wants to do cyclocross. So right now he likes that freedom. I think if for, a, for a specialized or a tracker, I think it would be a great buy to almost own him factory 
rider kind of thing and kind of do with Peter and say, hey, if you want to ride cross, if you want to ride mountain bike, just as long as you're riding our bikes, man, do whatever you want. And you can even do things. <laughs> I think that's great for, especially in this day with transition with a lot of gravel that's going on, all these kind of things. Yeah, but he's, he's worth his weight in gold. Yeah. Over here for safer away from these guys for a second. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a strong and deep cross of American domestic with the Vuelta. Is there any one of the young guys that you see potentially being a Grand Tour leader for a team rising to that level? Sep, Sep had an amazing race. I mean, it was funny. I was talking to Bobby Julek about it last week, and he's like, Bobby was coming that he's on Yumbo Visma. He's not going to be able to shine at all because he's all he's doing is working. The next day he wins the stage of the Tour of Spain. He's incredible. He's got a great future ahead of him. He's on he's on an awesome team. Um, you know, winning a, a Grand Tour is a whole different scenario, but for sure, winning stages and um, continue to improve on his already, his already amazing Palmares is definitely uh, doable. Yeah, I would say Sep Sep is the one everyone's looking at right now as far as people currently in the Pro Tour level. Um, he does have the talent to do things, and and he's wise beyond his years as well. He's not going there and trying to get 27th place on a stage. When he's out of contention, he's sitting going as absolutely as easy as possible, which some people have a hard time doing that. And so he's a, a true teammate. He got his opportunity. He struck gold the one day he was let off the leash, and then his team still won the, the Grand Tour. So they had a, a great month of racing, big talent. In it. But, yeah, there, there is always that concern. Just back to what we were talking about with Ineos, there's a lot of guys – if you get behind somebody at the wrong time with Roglic and now Dumoulin on the same team, when yeah, when, when you when you're gonna get your shot? Yeah, they're they're the new they're the new Ineos yeah. next year. I mean, I would love to see a guy like Sep come to EF, for example, or more an American team, and really have a true American team again with all those yeah. guys. Because we got a lot of great riders out there. They're just you know mixed and match in different places. If you, if you got like 15, 20 million, I got my own team, we can get them all on my team. Just let me know. There we go. Hey, what's different now compared to when you guys were kind of getting into cycling? Like, how is it there's not really been like this resurgence of American sport where you guys, like, you know, you guys were a whole entire team, a whole entire generation? You can have that one. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a good, great question. I, I, I think I feel like there's it's starting to come back again. And I, I think with the guys like Sep, Columbia is a great example. Columbia has the, the cream of the crop of all the racing, and it's their number one sport now. So all these kids who are looking up to the Egan Bernals, who are looking up to the Higuitas, all these guys looking up to these guys and riding their bikes at home, I feel so sorry for the next generation of riders who have to go against these Colombians. They're dead. Yeah. And, and so that's what we, we need is some guy looking up at the SEP on, on TV right now and saying, oh, I want to be SEP. I'm going to go ride in the mountains in Durango and be just like him. Those are the kind of guys that we need to perform just to have someone to look forward to, to see, realize it is possible. Um, and that was one of the things that Greg LeMond did you know, for a lot of us. And before that, in, in 84 games, when they kill, the Americans kill it, you had all those generations of people building off of that. So those are the kind of things that we need. And then we got some of the heads of state right here pu pushing that right now. Hey, guys, I just had a quick question. What's your take on Bogachar? And then following that up, um, how do you see the next 10 years evolving with, um, you know, Mario and Tyler were talking about how 
You know what that is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's been an incredible talent. Won the tour of California. Twenty what? Twenty two years old. Yeah. Yeah. The young the young generation right now is uh, really incredible and going to be just getting better and better. So I don't think I think he's uh, another potential Grand Tour winner very soon. Um, esports, I'm I don't know. I think it's definitely something that's coming. Um, people are talking about it being in the Olympics coming up. Uh, it's completely different than road cycling, as you all know. It's not the same thing, but it's 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 not going anywhere. It's going to keep growing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that that conversation is real with the Giro having that as a prologue, and maybe doesn't count towards GC for the first time. But yeah, whether you like it or not, I think esports are here to stay. Um, it's just a matter of which way they view it. And I think Mari had a great, great answer about it yesterday, is saying you know mixing and matching the two, having identification through the esports is a great way and a great tool to use. And we all use it. I mean, it's, it's great. It's a great tool to have. Whether or not I want to see guys racing, it's a different story. But um, yeah, I think it's here to stay. Team Movistar the tour. That, what do you? I mean, what was? What were they thinking? I mean, oh God! You guys talked behind the scenes of what was going on there, and it just looked so fractured. What's it going to take to get them online? And, and what were they thinking? Oh, they, they. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I have no qualms about dumping on Movistar. I mean, they're they. <clears throat> in my book, what they what they do is is horrible. You know, they have have such a, a deep team and have all these guys really have no focus on what exactly is going in the in the communication with Nairo and and then Landa and then. I mean, it just it irked it irked me. Yeah, for for me, I think it is. It, it starts with you know, the the front office. You know, in the, in the front office, if they're not going to take the stance of, of telling who's going to be able to do what, then you just it's a free for all, and it, it, it looks like that. Um, and the, on the tourmalade, when they try, they're doing incredible tempo, and their leaders off the back. It was no. it's, it, it it was almost laughable. So. Yeah, when it's when it's too late, you know. Yeah, I'm the same. I I, I would I did not not understand their tactics at all. Even the last state, this last mountain stage when Nibali won, they clearly could have won that stage, but they just waited to the last kilometer and then they rode away from everybody, got second and third. So even though they did they had a great tour, but they could have you know winning a stage in the tour is huge and that, yep. all that takes is communication. Like, how are you feeling? I think I can win. Let's work. You know, let's get let's get this guy. But they just sat on the wheels. But there's a lot of unrest. I mean, Naira had already said that he was going to a different team, uh, but they still said they're going, going to go for him. Uh, anyway, so yes, you, you asked what disappointment. I have a big disappointment with with Movistar the tour. Bad you boys. I know you got a whole list. What about like the uh, doing the alternative racing? I mean, a lot of us <coughs> do Leadville and Dirty Panza and things like that. I mean, with some of the success, I would think. I mean, just their following has grown. I think it's a great idea that EF is doing that. I don't see more teams doing it just because there's so many races already all over the world, and you know they're already they're stretched out as it is. I mean, for instance, this past week there was teams, the World Tour teams had a team in Spain, in England, and in Canada. Think about that. I mean, they're all over the world, so it, that'd be real. That'd be a stretch for other teams to do it, but I think it's. Very impactful um, for bike brands to get behind the alternative racing, and um, I can see I can see more bike brands doing that in the future. I don't know about teams, but uh, the bike brands will get behind it.
Yeah, I agree. I think the activation with sponsors, though, is it can be any better. You know, here, here's the pro tour rider right there getting a rise and, and you get to rub shoulders with these guys riding the same race and they're they're showing their brands and those guys are truly enjoying it. A lot of times when you're racing, you're, you're not enjoying those races at all. You know, and these guys are this, this is they're so damn happy to be at the race as I would have been as everyone would be happy to be at these races. And and that shows and you, you know, get to actually talk with the, your fans and and show the appreciation back to the fans. I think it's it's a great idea whether or not other teams have the capacity to do that though is a, is a different question. <coughs> You want to drop another bomb or what? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm definitely. I feel like he he could have been the. <laughs> I'm not dropping bombs, but I think he definitely he has the potential, the talent, and the power to win Perry Bay or a Flanders, and it's just it, it, we just haven't seen that out of him. But he is incredible, incredibly gifted cyclist, incredibly. Yeah, but but if you look back at what happened to him and how badly injured he was, I mean, to do I mean, and Alan's seen this firsthand for a long time, more more than anyone has, and so he he knows what he's gone through and and how much stress he's put himself under. Um, it, let me put this way, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Al, but I think that he doesn't show the stress that he's under a lot until he totally gets to relax. I don't, I'm, I'm not explaining it well, but. I mean, that, that accident he had was devastating. And for, um, for most of that day, we were preparing for him to have his leg amputated. Not to stay that way. Like, or not to come back to the sport. And not to come back to the sport. <laughs> yeah. Can he get back to his level, you think? Or does he want to? Bombs will be dropped. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were talking about Nairo. What, what happened with Nairo? They keep talking about he's a great climber, and every, he won a stage, okay. But the rest of the time, it looks like he's just falling off the back and getting dropped. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to a small French team next year. So, yeah, I don't think his future is going to be so bright, you know, as far as what's going to he's going to see coming next year, you know, and coming from a, a great squad like Movistar, where a lot of things are easier, especially being able to speak Spanish at all times with those guys as well. I mean, it, it's it's such a change being just just that alone, even if if they if they were a remarkable team, but just speaking French and not feeling comfortable with the team is it's not easy. So. I don't know what Naira's going to be able to do. Um, I, 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 I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of it's it, with himself. He's a prickly character. Um, 
yeah, little, little Napoleon complex with him, but he's, he's but it, but you look back at what he's done though, and and I, a lot of times I get it because um, I'm not the biggest Nairo fan at times, but he, but you look back at what he's done, it, it truly is incredible. Yeah. He's you know paved the way for many Colombian guys behind him. Oh man, I think he was the guy who was going to be pushing Egan Bernal to the finish line. He, yeah. he was a guy climbing, you could almost say climbing better than, than Egan at times, especially in the Tourmalet, for example. But So that was really unfortunate to see him. Oh God, yeah. and I, I don't know how, how he's going to come back from that, honestly. I mean, he, oh, he was getting, yeah. and he got more and more confidence. He's one of those guys who doesn't, doesn't believe himself so much until he truly does, and then better watch out. I think he's one of the most talented riders out there. It just a matter of him having that confidence, the team having the confidence in him, and he had every, all that backing. It was so unfortunate to see what happened to him, and just a silly mistake, or not a mistake, he just smacked his leg on the, on the handlebars, more or less, and um, they kept it under wraps. We had no idea how bad it was until it was too late. The but, commentators on French television were, were crying. Huh. Yeah. It was intense. They've waited so long. Yeah. Well, they had Alphalete. They had nothing to crack. They had a great tour. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Happy, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> questions, and then we'll uh, wrap it up for dinner at 7. Guys, what does the sport need to do to capture the attention of people in this country? Uh, we just need more personalities out there in the world tour. I think we really need to invest in that. I, I'm a firm believer in that NICA program, seeing more kids out there making it um, a school school sports, where you know the schools are supporting it, and um, I think we'll see a lot more kids get into it. It's going to take time, but uh, I can see that happening. Yeah, I think with the the personalities, and, and I think really with if everything does go well, and it's great that you guys made amends with NICA as of late, and having that pipeline for the kids, because it really is a isn't a pipeline as we all well know. And and, and back to the question before the of what you the difference is when we are coming up. I mean, we could do a criterium every weekend that had great prize money yeah. in our areas in middle of Iowa or Illinois. It didn't matter you know how many times I slept on your couch in your basement you know when I was a kid. So we don't have that that much anymore. I mean, it's shifting to the grand fondos, which is okay. We just have to find a way to make sure that these guys still have an outlet to show their their talent. And I think Nike is one of the best ways. And just after that, what's next for those guys and having a next step for them. To keep him going forward. Yeah, and as a as a parent, my my dad would let me ride only alone when I rode on the bike path when I was my son's age. So myself now and my wife, we wouldn't let my son ride alone on the road, but we can go drop him off at the Nike practice and he rides for two hours with all of his buddies and has a good time. So it's just a safer you know option for them right now. And when we ride road, I ride with them. So it's just it's I think it's a great way for him to ride more and meet new friends. When I was racing. It was nobody was racing in my schools. I was like the only one. Yeah, so same. now I, I feel like if you can get more kids into it and make it a school, like part of a school program, that would be huge. I think it's, a, and then right now it's going to be what's that next step yeah. that, that continue, continuous education for them or for, for racing? And yeah. what do we do, do for that? You think that key is getting them to Europe? I don't know. I mean, yeah, if we don't have anything to race here, yeah, we don't have an option. Yeah. yeah. Like, of course, of course, college is, is the big, you know, the get best answer. To, getting, getting them to Europe is, you know, it's a tough one because, I mean, people like Ty went there and just kind of moved to Belgium and not many people can survive that. And we've seen a lot of guys that were probably as good or better than us, but they get to Europe and they're lost, they miss home and they don't make it. So 
I think I think building more races here where they can be competitive here and then going to Europe on a program where they're just not lost and on their own because it's tough and when you go out there when you're 18 years old 19 years old living in Europe away from your family it's it's really difficult for people to survive that step mm. anything else guys I have a question <clears throat> do you think do you think maybe um, because of the way that sports in this country is kind of formed around you know like superstars and and how that really uh, promotes the sport and stuff like that do you think perhaps that this this perhaps small wall in, in cycling has been because of like the Lance Armstrong effect of kind of the public perception is like really kind of let down and he was kind of that superstar and do you think maybe perhaps we need another superstar that the country can kind of really point as one person get behind and then and then it's much more in the limelight yeah i mean that that's that's an obvious answer or that everything that especially americans they love a winner at all times of course there's no doubt about that and think of how much people are in the sport because of watching those those seven tours or they wouldn't be here at all so yes of course that's a great end. but at the same time we barely had any americans in the Tour de France this year, and we were up double digits. And you know, these day and age, if you you stay flat, or even just a little bit down, you're still winning because everyone's cutting the cord right now. So um, it's there. It's just a matter of what we do with it and how we're going to get those guys into the races that we want to watch on TV. Um, that's that's the difference right now. Um, I, I think that the sport is is healthy, just different. You know, there's there's so many. There's going to be 2,400 people coming to, to his Grand Fondo next month, and these other Grand Fondos. It's just it's just different the way it is. And uh, I think that was a great observation on his on George's side, saying, you know, you're not what I used to do as a 16 year old, and the the rides I would do. There's no way I would let my kids go and do that same ride. <laughs> no way, you know. So that that's a big difference as well. So nurturing them on the dirt or on Zwift or all these different. You know, different avenues. We just have to really think outside the box, of mm. making sure they come up. Don't you think live streaming is helping get cycling in the? I mean, watching sure. that the women's classic in, yeah. in, in Colorado, it was yeah. so easy to watch that thing. You watch yeah, it for free. and we all did. I think the more that live streaming, that you guys found a way to make it real cheap, yep. it was great. So I think I think that's gonna that's gonna help a lot. I think technologically, the computer is gonna help bring cycling more to the fore, more, more accessible at least. Yeah. Or are we? There's a good there's a good possibility that women's cycling is leading the charge in the United States. There's a great possibility, especially when you have a have a stud like Chloe, you know, leading that. I mean, and this Compton girl, or Kate Courtney. Yeah, Kate Courtney. Yeah, Courtney. yeah, I mean, Kate, I mean, just phenomenal athletes, very smart people, just in, in the right place at the right time. With you know, being with Mari and Kristen, and I, I think that they are they're the ones that we're going to be looking towards what they're doing right now, and just and then we got some young some great kids in the pipeline that we're going to see them perform this week and see what they could do on the world stage as well with, with Quinn. Um, so all these guys, cumulatively, we just have to make sure that they continue going down that path. But, but what George said is so true. You have some amazing juniors, and then yeah. that transition from after high school and then going over to Europe and getting your teeth kicked in 4,000 miles from home, it's, it's not an easy way to go.
There's only so many toddlers that go live in downtown Ghent. Thank you for listening to the Blackberry Podcast. Continue following the journey wherever you subscribe. Thank you to our guests, interviewers, and audience. Dive into more stories, videos, photos, and podcast episodes on blackberryfarm.com and blackberrymountain.com. Make a great day!